that's great. I was just thinking before when um, Philip was saying that, you know, come to Empowered because Judith is speaking. I'm thinking, oh no, the pressure's on now. I've got to be good, haven't I? Otherwise, no one will book in. So. <laughs> but um, it's not just me. And it's the community as well. Get together and have fun together. So, so even if you don't like what I'm saying today, don't let that stop you or put you off. Did I hear some like, oh, when, when Dave said we won't, ha- we won't be wearing robes? Did I hear that? Did I hear right? <laughs> some disappointment there. So, um, so since um, starting this teaching series, we've been looking at Israel's history of how God reveals his desire to have a covenant relationship um, with his people, to have his covenant relationship with you and me. And we see that all in the history books of, of like God's desire to, to connect with us and all the things and the promises that are there. And, and so we've read all about that. And then last week, um, we had Lydia here talking about Job and the book of Job and what that meant. And, and we saw that actually, um, that there is a bigger picture that God, there is so much about God that we don't actually understand, that we can't understand, we can't actually grasp. And in fact, that God wants us to be real with him, wants us to open our hearts and our lives to him so that he can come in and actually um, be that wisdom, be helpers with that understanding. You know, the book of Psalms is um, another example of, of real honesty and um, of expressing of our emotions towards God. It, has, it is full of life experiences. And so today I'm going to be talking about Psalms. You know, it is a book um, of Hebrew poems and songs and prayers. It was put together for the choirs, for the temple. Um, the choirs who sang in the temple, they would sing from the, um, the book of Psalms. And, um, and the idea was that actually we would sing this together corporately as well as individually. Um, the book was put together in the time of exile, of when the people of God were in exile in Babylon. And, and we can tell by the way that um, the Psalms was put together and presented that actually Psalms was meant to be sung. Um, they would, um, you know, they were meant to be something that we would do together as well as individually. And although the songs and prayers were written over a long period of time in history, they were written over um, a period of 500 years, they were brought together um, intentionally to be the book that we now have today. And it has this unique design, this unique message that, that actually you won't actually really see unless you read it from beginning to end. You know, it can be so tempting to dip in and out of the Psalms, which I love to do. I do that loads. But actually, there's something really, really meaningful when we actually start from the beginning of Psalms and read to the end. And we see something of God's design in there. Now, Psalms gives us instruction of how we should love um, God, how we should be obedient to him, and how we should actually love his words and and the things that he is saying to us. And it begins uh, by telling us the importance of the law and being faithful to it. 
And whilst, um, whilst we're being faithful to law and learning on it, we, we, we realise that actually there is something more to be looking forward to, that actually there is the Messiah that is to come, that we now experience the, the love of that, the grace of that, of having, knowing that actually that's Jesus in our life. You know, remember these psalms were put together um, in the midst of downfall, in the midst of exile. You know, David's kingdom was, you know, just collapsing all around everybody. So imagine the choir all gathered around singing these songs in hope of something different. You know, there are questions to God and, and we can read um, these questions all through the Psalms and you know, we have things like in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why, have you, why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. There is pain, there is confusion, there is anger. There is a lot of that in the Psalms. And these Psalms are categorized as Psalms of lament. And the poems of lament draws attention to what is wrong in this world and asks God to do something about it. You know, there are lots of these psalms in the book and they're quite dominant in the first three books um, of psalms. So the books, um, so psalm has been categorized into five books. And when you turn to psalm one, you actually see at the top the heading, you know, where it says psalm one, book one, verses one to 41. And, and there's five books within psalms. And so the first three books of Psalms are uh, full of lament and, and all that's all wrong with the world, with intersected with, um, with songs of praise and joy as well. You know, these songs of lament tells us that actually um, it, it's actually um, an appropriate response to God to, to, to be in lament, to actually go to God and say, God, you know, I don't understand what's going on. To cry out to God and say, what's all this injustice that's going on around us? And to, to lay it all before him, to be, to be in anguish before him, that actually, you know, that's okay. It's okay to be like that before God. And, and saying to God, God, I want your kingdom to come in this circumstance. Lord, I want you to rule rule in this circumstance. It's awful. I'm struggling. I'm in pain. You know, these poems help us to relate to those kind of things. Um, you know, there are poems asking God um, not to forget his promise to his people, to have a king who will fulfill the promise that, that he gave to Abraham. And we see that through Psalms where, where they're talking about the promise given to Abraham that, that one day we will have a king that will make all things new again, that all the things that we're going on, all the things that we're experiencing right now, that actually one day everything will be made right again. And so we have this hope and this faith that, that helps us um, as we read through the book of Psalms. As we come towards the second half of, of Psalms, um, the last two books, books um, four and five, um, they're more like praise poems um, and they outnumber the lament poems. Um, 
until, and you know, we kind of sort of see an increase of praise towards the end of the book of Psalms. And in the last five chapters of Psalms, you know, starting with Psalm 146, we have, I praise the Lord with all my life. Psalm 147, how good it is to praise our God. And these are praise, all out praise, hallelujah songs. And we have them again and again in Psalms 148, 149, 150. And this shift from lament to praise is actually really, really profound and tells us something of the nature and the power of prayer that actually, you know, when we come to God and we can go to God and we have this tension of all the things that are wrong in this world and the things that are going wrong in our lives and actually, but over here there is hope and there is faith of something new and it it leads us into this faithfulness of saying, God, I trust you that all things will be different and then we start to praise and we worship him and we we say God you are good because I believe that what your word says is true you know even um, seeing how the Psalms are laid out helps to see that there is a journey that we too can go on in our own times of prayer that it's okay to pour out our anguish before God. It's okay to say, God, I'm struggling. It's okay to say, do you know what? I don't know. I don't understand. Making ourselves vulnerable before God in his presence can be great times of encounters with him. You know, Rosie was saying that today, wasn't she? And and some of the things that were coming out that actually, you know, despite the things that we're going through, whether it's sickness or whatever it is, as we praise God, as we worship him, that we can have such amazing, powerful encounters with God. Now, I've had times myself that I've been on my knees before God. I've been crying. I've been lamenting. I've been like, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand what's going on there. You know, I, I still have, you know, people that I'm really hoping for and believing for, for sickness to go, mental health to disappear you know, where they have mental health is not right to go and, and they're still hoping for that and believing that. You know, there's times when I've really cried out to God and God has really met me in those times. I've had t- visions, I've had words of where, where God has really spoken to me and, you know, and it's in those times that, um, of just really encountering God that, that actually he fills me with hope. You know, I love this picture that Joe brought. Um, you know, she said that it was a picture that she was reminded of from some time back of when, you know, sometimes we go and we start pushing at this door and it's really difficult and we can't get through it. It's so hard. It's so painful. It, we just don't understand what's going on. You know, we know it's a door and we know we can push it. But actually, God is saying, just take a step back. Take a step back because I will push it open for you so that you can go through. You know, sometimes this is what it can be like when we're lamenting, we're like finding it really hard and we're, we're striving and pushing, but actually when we come to God and we wait on him, he says, you know what, here is the open door. You know, when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to him, when we allow ourselves to, for him to reach into our lives, that's the moment those doors open into our lives when we make a connection with him, when we encounter him, when he shows us actually there is hope in this situation, that actually there is something that we can believe in right now. Now, I'd like to take us to Psalm 1. So if you would mind turn to Psalm 1, that'd be great. 
And notice there when you get to Psalm 1 how it does say at the top, how I'm telling the truth, it does say book one and it says and it tells you how many psalms in, in book one and you'll see as you go through the book you'll see that um, when the book changes to the next book so i'm going to read from psalm one so psalm one gives us the backdrop psalm one and psalm two gives us the backdrop to the rest of the psalms it's like an introduction to the rest of the psalms so i'm going to read psalm one and then i'm going to read a bit of psalm two as well so Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does, not walk in step with, who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, not so the wicked, they, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And we carry on in Psalm 2 from verse 10. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So Psalm 1 um, says that blessed are those who take delight, who delight themselves in the law and commit themselves to living faithfully in covenant with God. And we are presented with these two pictures of, of one of a tree planted firmly by streams of water and the useless chaff that is blown away from the grains of wheat. And it is both... Um, and it is put to us in both Psalms 1 and 2 that there are two ways that we can live, that there are two destinies for us that we can choose from, that the righteous will stand safely under God's judgment, but the wicked will be destroyed. Now, Psalm 2 introduces the role of the king as, as God, the anointed one, the son, and it is introducing us to the prophetic of the messianic dimension of, of the Psalms that, you know, as we read through the Psalms, we will see pictures of, of Jesus throughout there that, you know, of Jesus coming, of the promised Jesus coming to rescue us, to save us, to redeem us. And so Psalm 1 and 2 introduces that and sets the backdrop of, you know, this is what um, the rest of the Psalms is all about, about living faithfully, about choices that we can have, that we can make. You know, it's a book of wisdom. Do you know... Um, you know, when you're kids, when you're, you know, when you're children, and um, when I was a child, especially, I don't know, maybe you all were really good and really nice and whatever, but, you know, I think I was quite rebellious in a little way. And, um, you know, when your parents start telling you, like, you know, look, this is what's best for you, this is right, you know, if you do this, do that, it will all go well with you. And you think, no, I know myself, I know what I want to do. And you go off and do it, and you think, actually, 
actually my mum and dad was right. And then you have this pain, don't you, of, of the consequences of what you've done. You know, and this is what the book of Psalms is, is like, really. It's all about, it's this book of wisdom that actually, you know, we can, you know, it's that advice and, you know, we can choose we can choose to, to believe it. We can choose to live our life according to it. Um, you know, and we know that actually if we live according to it, there is blessing. Um, you know, um, both, um, both Psalms 1 or 2 are very short Psalms, but very powerful, of how, giving us the choice of how we live, showing us that actually, you know, we can be encouraged by this, or actually we can take it as a warning as well. So I'd like to draw some things out of Psalm 1. You know, it describes um, the righteous person delighting themselves on meditating on the law of the Lord, um, the words of God's instruction. And we look at the words, um, when we look at the words meditate and delight, um, we, can, we can learn so much about what is it that the psalmist here is trying to show us. So I want to look at the word meditate for a second. You know, in Hebrew, the word meditate does not mean silent in a think in a thinking and just, you know, just going in a trance and, and all of that, like it does in English. But actually, in Hebrew, meditate means um, to read aloud, maybe either alone or in company, reciting, um, singing, um, shouting out, talking about it. You know, it's, meditate is an active engagement with, um, with the... Um, with whatever it is that you're doing, it's chewing it over and, and bringing it out and explaining it and, and exalting it, shouting it out. You know, delight does actually mean the same in Hebrew as it does in English. It means, you know, to take pleasure and to enjoy it, to, you know, to take delight in something. You know, we take delight in, in our good friends, in a, a love gift that they might have given to us. We may take delight in a a meal or a beautiful day. And so it is with delight and this kind of pleasure that, that we should have for teaching and, and um, explaining the word and learning about God's word. Um, so we have to delight in the word, reciting it, recite it, enjoy it. Um, it's something that we should actually look forward to, look forward to sharing it, looking forward to actually learning more about it. Meditating and delighting um, is... Um, uh, meditating and delighting in learning about God from the Word is not meant to be just an intellectual activity. Rather, it is meant to be from a place of intimate worship to God, um, of knowing Him and loving Him. You know, um, meditating and delight, delighting on the Word of God isn't all about what we can um, get into our minds, all the theology and the study, but actually it's something that um, happens in our hearts, an encounter with Him. Um, the word um, um, Psalms gives us instructions of actually how important the study of the word is. And we can read a bit about that in Psalm 15 where it says that the one who does what is righteous keeps an oath even when it hurts. And those who walk 
Those whose walk is blameless will live on the Lord's holy mountain. And then Psalm 24 says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, the holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart? And so this, um, this provocation of getting into the word and loving it and delighting it and letting it become part of us and, and reciting it and singing it is so that it becomes part of us. So that we can be those that, that can come to God in a, an acceptable way of worshipping him and giving our lives to him. Now it's interesting that the psalmist here is not talking about law as some heavy burden or requirement or some legalistic thing that we have to carry out by the letter. But Psalm 1 says that they, they delight in it, that their lives are fruitful because of it. You know, we've not been set free from sin, our sin and our shape and and our guilt to be imprisoned by another set of rules and regulations that, that makes us really miserable. The good news is that when we live our lives the way that God wants us to live our lives, the way that God intended us to live our lives, the way God created us to live our lives, that actually we can have we can be really excited about the new discoveries that we will find in God's word. We can be excited about the things that we can learn about him. We can be excited about the things that he's showing us about ourselves. This is something to take delight in. This is something to be joyful about. That actually when we open the word, it's an opportunity for God to speak into our hearts and our lives. No, it's not meant to be a chore. It's not meant to be something that we just go through the motion and tick the box that we've done our bit that day but actually we should be hungry for it we should be thinking when's my next chance to do this I'd, you know run out of time now I'll have to finish it in a bit and you know we, we, we kind of like we have to have that desire and that longing and you know and just let me encourage you that um, you know to stir that up within you to stir that hunger within you to learn what it is that God is saying to you through his word and we have many opportunities here here at King's Church, we have, you know, if when Ignite or USMM, and it's not even too late to sign up to USMM. So you got it in there, Dave. It's not too late to sign up to USMM. You know, it's really, really, really good. It's not about what goes on in our mind. It's not about the things that we can learn. It's not about the knowledge that we can have. But it's about what is going on in our hearts. And this is the transformation that comes when we take delight. When we take delight in the word of God. You know, um, when Israel sang songs about how faithful God is, how truthful and trustworthy, just and compassionate he is, how loving and caring, how he provides for us. And it was the unspoken thing of like, um, of, of actually, this is who God is. This is the one that we worship. And that actually, this is what we are meant to be like. So when we're worshipping God and we're saying how compassionate you are, how kind you are, how generous you are, that 
actually what we're saying to ourselves, we are meant to be like God. We are meant to be those that are compassionate, that are loving, that are kind, that are generous, that see people in need and want to bring bring provision into their lives. And this is what um, the Psalms were to do for the Israelites. And when they would sing the song, it was all about transformation. It was all about something going on in their hearts and their lives. You know, Paul in um, Ephesians and Colossians, um, he talks to them and he, you know, he tries to help them about, you know, things that they're struggling, you know, the way that they're living their lives. And, you know, they're, they, they're running after the people in the Colossians and Galatians are, are running after the things that are gratifying their own evil desires and running after things that are impure, that, that's not making them like God at all. In fact, they're just like um, how they always were before. But Paul is saying, you know what, you're different now. You're not like that. You don't have to be ignorant. Because when we're ignorant, we don't live our life for God. But now you don't have to be ignorant. You can know what the word of God is. You can know it for yourself. And I'd like to just read um, a couple of extracts from Ephesians and Colossians. So Paul in Ephesians 5 verse 14 says this. It says, this is why it said, wake up a sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every, eff- every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that what, the Lord, what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can live the life that God has called us to live when we we take delight in his word. You know, singing is all about enjoying something, isn't it? It's taking delight in something when we sing, when we sing of the things of God. You know, Colossians 3 verse 16 is a similar kind of passage. And it says this. Let the message of Christ dwell amongst you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Teach, admonish one another with wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Can you see how powerful and how much this can actually transform our lives when we're singing about the things of God, when we're singing to each other, when we're telling people of, of, oh, you know, we're reciting, we're proclaiming, we're declaring the things of God, that actually it brings, it brings transformation. Hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs helps us to be wise, helps us to live our life with wisdom, and gives us the strength to do it as well. 
you know, Deuteronomy 31 and 32, um, you know, a story of Moses and he's come to the end of his life and God says to him, you're going to die and he set things in place and sort things out. So off he goes and he, and he, he, he tells the people of God again, the laws, he wants them to remember the laws because he knows he's going, so he's going over it again with them. And, um, and then he sets Joshua up as he's going to be the one that's going to lead you all and take you forward. And then what does Moses do? But he writes a song and he sings it to the people and he says, I want you to remember this song. I want you to recite this song. I want you to sing it to your children. I want your children's children to sing it to your children. Because Moses knows that these people, these, they've actually shown that they're incapable of actually living their lives to a load of rules and regulations. So Moses is like saying, sing it. Let it become part of you. Sing it to one another. Remember it. Recite it. You know, so something really powerful about singing the words of God, singing them. Music affects us, music moves us, you know, it's more powerful than we actually realise. You know, we all know what it's like, don't we, when we have that song in our head that we just can't get out of our head and it's going over and over in our heads and we're thinking, how on earth did that song get there? You know, and it's going over and over and over in our heads. You know, Moses knew how powerful song was and that was his intention. And, and Paul, was, when he was talking to the Colossians and the Ephesians, he was like, come on, let's you know, speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. You know, true, um, you know, true spiritual lives and being obedient to God you know, um, comes when it's really, really steadfast in our lives, when we actually know it, when we know the words. You know, when we know what God is saying and singing makes it become a part of us. It makes it become part of our lives. Um, you know, we remember so much more when it affects our emotions, when it affects our hearts. You know, we can read books, we can do this, and some really intellectual people can really rem remember absolutely everything they've read. But actually, when it's actually affected us emotionally, when it's affected our feelings, when it's affected our hearts, those are the things that we remember. Those are the moments that we remember. Those encounters with God, when we feel that physical transformation in our hearts, we will never, ever forget. You know, when David Bowie died, and, um, and, he, and there were like all his songs going on on the radio, and, you know, which was great, because I like a bit of David Bowie. So... You know, and, um, and someone rang into the radio and said, oh, that song that you just played, you know, it just really took me back and, um, of a really painful time in my life. And actually, it was that song that got me through that painful time in my life. You know, if that is something like a David Bowie song can do that, what can a powerful Holy Spirit song do for every single one of us? You know, it can really, really help us. It can really, really transform us. And we can do this for one another. We can sing to one another. Well, depends on how your singing is. But <laughs> you might not want me to sing to you, but there we go. But we can certainly speak the words of life into people's lives, can't we? Um, yes, psalms are meant to be sung. So I'm going to read this psalm to you. Psalm 103, 
verse 1 to 5. You can follow it if you like in your Bible. Psalm 103, verse 1 to 5. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that you, your youth is renewed like an eagle. Now this is a nice psalm. got lovely words. And if I could sing, I would sing it to you. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to play a song to you. So if you wouldn't mind putting the song on, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you while you listen to this song. It's so powerful, isn't it? Listening to the Psalms like that, listening to the words of God like that. It's so powerful when, you know, when we can come into the presence of God and just, just listen to worship songs and and call out to God and and sing along and worship God and you know it's really really powerful and this is what the book of Psalms was meant to be this was what it was meant to do for us that has so much more impact on our lives when it's to song when it's out loud when it's out there you know, the hymns, spiritual songs and psalms are all like, you know, to help us with our life, to help us, to give us wisdom of how we live our lives and to give us the strength to do it. So let's appreciate the psalms for the wisdom that it is for us. You know, let's not think, you know, well, you know, I want to do this myself, but actually let's search the scriptures and say, actually you know these people that we read about have lived it and they've learned these lessons and they're passing them on to us and they want us to learn from it so that we can live our lives right so that we can live our lives different you know the psalms goes on about how god is so faithful to us and how we should be faithful towards him you know and there are times when we struggle with that faithfulness that we do have doubt that we just don't know where what what's happening or maybe we we're longing for the things of this world we have desires in our hearts that's not from god and you know we want these quick fixes and we don't want to spend time waiting on god we just want it all to happen now and we don't want to have that encounter with him and we just we just get all impatient and even in all of those times God is faithful and Psalms talks to us about how it is good just to come to him you know and it helps us to to turn our backs from the old way of living of being unfaithful to God and saying God do you know what I put my trust in you I put my faith in you you know Psalms teaches us about being honest with God And as we're honest with him, that he will reveal himself to us. That actually we can have those really powerful encounters with God. He speaks to us through the storms of life when we sit and we wait on him. And we say, God, God, please help me. 
Most of all, let Psalms be the provocation to us to, to worship him with all our hearts, all our desires, all our longings, to give him all our worship, all our praise and all our adoration. That he is the one true king. That he is the king of kings. He is our saviour, our redeemer. He is the one that is there, right there for us. And as we take delight in him, as we take delight in his word, just know that you will be like that tree, firmly planted, that not one leaf will wither, and that you will know, that you will know the fruit of God in your life. Amen. Amen.